Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. The top of the morning to you. Today, we're going to cover the lost art of respect. We all know how divisive our culture has become. People dread family get-togethers at Thanksgiving now. Political discourse is at an all-time high. And the online rancor has reached the lowest possible levels of civility. The answer for all of this is to re-engage with the lost art of respect. Being respectful changes one's own heart and attitude. It changes the interactions you'll have with family and loved ones. You'll also see how it has a significant impact on our businesses and ultimately our successes. Welcome to today's episode. We hope to equip you to become an artisan in the world of respect. So let me give you a definition of respect. You guys know how much I like Mr. Webster. And respect is being considerate and honoring the feelings, opinions, and property of others. It's also to give regard to or esteem another. Or another definition was to esteem for a sense of the work or excellence of a person. Now just think about all of those things. If we spent our day being considerate and honoring the feelings and opinions of other people, respecting people's property, giving regard or esteem to another person, or esteeming for a sense of the work or excellence of a person. We know this. I remember reading uh, GE spent $400,000 studying 300,000 employees. And they said by a factor of nine to one, they'd rather be acknowledged and appreciated than even paid more money. It shows up in business. It shows up in life. Disrespect, by contrast, also shows up in personal life and personal relationships and in business. An example of some disrespect, being late or not concerned with others' time. Now, I have a person I know who I interact with who's chronically late all the time. And they'll apologize or, hey, sorry, I'm late. And the bottom line is, they might be sorry. I don't know if they are. We judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by their actions. It's always the wrong way to start. Things happen. But when someone's consistently late, it's ultimately a sign of disrespect. A next sign of disrespect is uncommunicative. When people are not communicative, when they don't respond, whether it's a call, an email, giving somebody the silent treatment, it's a sign of disrespect. Not listening. The fact of the matter is we got two ears, one mouth. The ultimate sign of respect is listen twice as often as you talk. Devaluing the opinions or ideas of others. Now, let me say this. I'm a person who in my profile, we talk about these real strengths. I love to refine things, make things better. So I'll have a tendency when somebody gives me an idea, when I like it, the way I often show that I like an idea is I start refining it right away. I've had to learn to respect the person, to say, okay, so you're saying this and this and this, that's a great idea. And then when time allows, hey, here's a thought that could make the idea better. Trolling can be disrespectful. Bullying, demeaning, belittling people. Shows of disrespect, uh, 
late refusal to pay, overcharging. You know, disrespect, people have gotten so used to it that we've learned to handle it. If you listen, I'm a big NFL fan. I love the football world. And you always hear the R word. So a team will say we're disrespected. We're playing with a chip on our shoulders. And in fact, a lot of times they'll evaluate a player. Well, he he needs a chip on his shoulder. Now, this is all a sign, by the way, of coping mechanism, that I'm disrespected. So my response is anger. And I use that anger to motivate me. And so here's what I would say. That is the lowest form of fuel you can have emotionally. You know, you can fuel yourself with candy bars long term. It has very serious consequences. You don't want to fuel yourself with anger from feeling disrespected. Now, as we get into this, I'm also not talking about how it can be a a trigger for pride, right? So when a person feels disrespected, they can often A, look for the disrespect, and then the reaction to it is pride. So we're going to delve into all this stuff today. And let me say this, you, me, all of us can do better in the area of respect. So here's what we're going to cover. We're going to cover three things. It's the epidemic of disrespect, how to give respect, and how to be respected. So what the epidemic is culturally, and I'm always pointing out, here's where the culture is. Here's where the lowest common denominator is. Here's, here's where the crowd is hanging out. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm encouraging you and championing you. And I believe you are the kind of person who wants to stand out above the crowd. You know, the crowd is actually not listening to this podcast. You know, there's millions and millions, billions of people in this world who are not listening to this show. And you're one of the people who is. And I believe it's because you want to be better, live better, and embrace the good life. So what is the epidemic of disrespect? Two Christines, Porath and Pearson, so they actually chronicled disrespect in the workplace. And here's what they found. Staff who experienced rudeness and disrespect at work, 48% of them intentionally decreased their work effort. 47% intentionally decreased the time they spent at work. 38% intentionally decreased the quality of their work. 80% lost work time worrying about the incident. 63% lost work time avoiding the offender. 66% said their performance declined. 78% said their commitment to the organization declined. 12% said they left the job because of the uncivil treatment. And 25% admitted to taking their frustration out on customers. I mean, we could just do a podcast on this and nothing else. If people feel like this in the workplace, these are all the consequences. You know, make my people more productive. Help my people be more successful. You know, Buffini Company, for six or seven years in a row, I can't have lost count, has won the, an award for best places to work in San Diego. An independent review interviews the staff by themselves, and they give their honest feedback. One of the things that's really crucial at Buffini Company is that, first of all, we want to honor and respect our staff. We want to honor their ideas their opinion, their input, their time, their family lives, their well-being. We also kind of challenge them to make sure they're very respectful to one another. It's one of our core values, practice servant leadership. And I would also tell you it's the quickest way to get fired at our company. We're actually pretty slow to ever let somebody go. We give people chance after chance. We try to help. We're a coaching organization. But when we find somebody's disrespecting one of their peers, that's a quick hook, quick hook. Can't have that. It's a cancer in the company. 
And so you see that last stat where 25% of folks who felt disrespected on the job admitted to taking out their frustration on the customers. Let me ask you, have you ever met a staff person working for a major corporation that didn't treat you too well? And I see it all the time. There's a number of glaring industries out there that interact with people where you can point to, geesh, these folks habitually don't take care of their customers or talk to their customers a certain way or disrespectful to our customers. And it's obviously because the way they're treated or the staff treats each other. So I'm going to talk to you about what the epidemic is. And I'm going to say this big deep breath. Here's the first thing I want to say. The number one source of disrespect is that it's a byproduct of bad parenting. Nobody says things like this anymore. I understand. It's not politically correct. It's, I know it doesn't sound too encouraging. But here's the thing. I'm a father of six. I think I know what I'm talking about. I'm also a businessman who experiences this all the time. We're also a coaching company, and we see where these sources come from. It is a product of bad parenting. It shows up as rudeness, being impolite, sometimes offensive. I love the quote that says, uh, the parenting hack. There are no hacks for parenting. Everything is hard. These kids don't listen. This is your life now. Godspeed. (laughs) Okay, great stuff. Look, parenting is hard. And I'm a parent of adult kids, and you never stop being their parent. And it, it never gets easy. And I have a delightful relationship with my adult children today. But it's always been work, and it always will be. And there's, there's times, you know, a gentle word turns away wrath and those kinds of things. But there's also things that are just like, for me, my kids understood, for me and my bride, there were just things that were not, they're just no-go zones. No-go zones. Uh, not just disrespecting their mom and dad, but disrespecting other people, teachers, coaches, whatever else. And, and again, there were times my kids played for sometimes chronically broken coaches or a really disturbed adult in their life, and we would encourage them to be not disrespectful, come to us, and we would try to address the situation ourselves, or help them address the situation. Or, hey, they don't get it. We've tried to reprove them. We've tried to encourage them. We've tried to give them the feedback. Time to move to a different area. No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to play that sport. We're not going to do this. But I want to say this. It starts with your kids. And it starts by being respectful to your kids and respecting them enough to also hold the line. You know, there's 10 commandments. They've lasted a long time. Best estimates of the 10 commandments are 7,000 years old. You know, there's one commandment that has a promise to it. And it's the one that says, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. It's the only commandment with a promise. It actually says, honor your father and mother so that your days may be long and it may go well with you. Honor your father and mother. I know some of you have had very tough parenting experiences. The bottom line is you still get a chance to honor your father and mother. It doesn't matter if you respect the person, but the role. It's a byproduct of bad parenting. I believe it. I see it. I know it. Uh, You can't change the world, but you can change your world. Okay? And there's ways to go about it. And it's not my way with highway. You can't help a child be respectful by being disrespectful in challenging them to be respectful. You've got to go about it in a respectful manner. The second reason this is kind of an epidemic is the cowardice of online criticism and trolling. I remember when it started, and I didn't quite get it at the beginning, where people were so into the reviews and online comments, per se, of a post. But what happened is a culture developed where people were unaccountable for their words. And I've always said people will say to you things on the phone they wouldn't say to you in person, and people will say things. The things in an email that they wouldn't say to you on the phone. 
We'll now remove that again to no accountability with what we call our trolls, right? Trolls. You think about it. A troll. The technical definition is someone who instigates hostility and conflict online. But a troll throughout literature is like a goblin, ugly-looking, grotesque creature. The fact of the matter is when we don't have accountability for our words, it can often fall to the lowest common denominator. When you roll around in the mud with a pig, just understand that you both get dirty and the pig actually likes it. So it's a cultural thing. It's unfortunate that what's happened is people got used to being in their basements and firing off a take, as they say it, with no accountability to get more harsh and more extreme. And then what's happened is it's become so common to these folks that when you talk to these folks in person, you can see they're extremely disrespectful and they don't know it. But now they're that guy or that gal. And they don't even realize it. They, they say these extremely offensive, hurtful things all the time. And now they're a troll who's no longer in their basement. They're out and about. And ultimately, we have a cultural shift towards devaluing other people. And so the dynamic there is, again, you watch the rhetoric. Watch the political rhetoric. It's a devaluing of another person, which leads to a dehumanizing of another person. And by the way, Throughout history, that's had very, very serious consequences. People I don't disagree with, they're this, and then you'll find out somebody says they're this, and then someone takes it more extreme and they're this. And the next thing you know, it's a devaluing and a dehumanizing of that person. Very, very dangerous stuff. We had Miles McPherson on our show who wrote a book towards creating racial unity, and it was called The Third Option. And it all begins with respect and honoring another person. In your personal relationships, it gets down to Love and respect. And I'll say this for the typical marriage. You have a husband who needs respect and a wife who needs love. When the husband feels respected from his wife, he's more loving. When the wife receives more love from her husband, she's more respectful. When the wife is disrespectful to the husband, he becomes unloving. And in response to the lack of love, the wife becomes more disrespectful. One is the crazy cycle, and one is the ascension cycle. Great work on this was Dr. Emerson and then his wife, Sarah, the Eggeriches. And they wrote a book, and they actually have classes, marriage classes, called Love and Respect. And if this is hitting home for somebody, I've, I've attended the class. I've um, actually facilitated small groups with the recordings, Beverly and I, back in the day. We've often been in a mentoring role for couples. And Love and Respect is where it's at. And, and 33 years into my marriage, and I I love my wife, and my wife loves me, and we have a great relationship, it still gets down to that daily mindset of love and respect. But the fact of the matter is, there's an epidemic of disrespect. John Maxwell said, to out value to others, one must first value others. It's one thing to communicate to people because you believe you have something of value to say. It's another thing to communicate with people because you believe they have value. So often how this disrespect shows up We take things too personally. We refuse to apologize. We act superior to others, or we make assumptions. I think the assumptions is the big one. They said this, therefore they mean that and that and that. This is obviously how they feel. And sometimes it's just not the case. So we know it can be a byproduct of bad parenting, the cowardice of online criticism and trolling, and there's a cultural shift towards devaluing others. Let's start first with ourselves. Let's have respect for ourselves then give respect to our loved ones, and then let's take it out from there. 
So let's get to the happy side of this, right? I, I covered big, dark stuff there and disrespect. But, but again, even to understand the good life, we have to sometimes examine the dark side of things before we can understand the light. So now let's get to the good side of this. Let's talk about how to give respect. And there's actually four types of respect. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Dale Carnegie said, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Jafifer Freed, who's a PhD, said, when we respect someone, we are acknowledging and appreciating their role in our life and ultimately in our society. So we want to acknowledge people. So if you want to give respect, seek out opportunities to acknowledge people. So I covered this in an episode entitled The Two Most Important Words in Business, which was episode 108 of season two of It's a Good Life. So check that one out. It's powerful because it's not just the two most powerful words in business, might be the two most powerful words in life, and that is thank you. And so just having a chance to acknowledge somebody and say thank you to somebody is a tremendous sign of respect. The next type of respect is tolerance. Tolerance. Now, that's really, to me, another word for that is grace. It's just giving somebody grace. Kofi Annan was the Secretary of the United Nations, and he said, if tolerance, respect, and equity permeate family life, they will translate into values that shape societies, nations, and the world. Big stuff. Henry Louis Gates said, the first step towards tolerance is respect, and the first step towards respect is knowledge. So we want to acknowledge people, and then we want to produce and provide and give tolerance, that that grace to people. The third type of respect is admiration. Admiration. Hal Hartley said, respect, admiration, and trust equals love. What a profound statement that is. Antoine Saint-Exupéry said, tell me who admires and loves you, and I'll tell you who you are. Now, my mother used to say to me, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And now I realize she was quoting this guy all along. Tell me who admires and loves you, and I'll tell you who you are. Very, very powerful. So we have acknowledgement, tolerance, admiration, and then deference. William Shenstone says, deference is the most indirect and most elegant of all compliments. Lawrence Stern said, respect for ourselves guides our morals. Respect for others guides our manners. I know I sound like Miss Manners banging on the old drum, but I must say this. Now, this is the greatest stuff for success. Being respectful, being respectful to yourself, to those you love, to your staff, to your customers, to your community, everywhere you go. Being a respectful person, powerful stuff. So we know acknowledgement, tolerance, admiration, deference. Because ultimately, what's the, what's the end result? The end result is how to be respected. How to be respected. Imagine you're a person walking down the street. This is a respected person. One of my favorite movies is The Natural. That Robert Redford movie, he's a baseball player, and he, he's the young star, and he gets shot as a young man, and he, his dream is put on hold for 16 years, and as an older guy, kind of over the hill, he comes back, and he still is this tremendous talent. And he comes back, and he, eventually his health gives out again. He's in a hospital bed, and they were asked, what, what did you want? And he goes, Oh, I just wanted to walk down the street and have people look at me and say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best that ever was. What did he want? He wanted to be respected. And if you think about it, isn't that something we all want? We want to be respected? Well, I'm going to tell you how to be respected. And there's three pieces to it. The first is walk the talk. Walk the talk. 
Oprah Winfrey said, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. Bruce Lee said, knowledge will give you power, but character will give you respect. Brian Tracy said, the value of a promise is the cost of you keeping your word. Walk the talk. The only way you can be respected is that there's lower levels of hypocrisy in your life. You say one thing and do another, how can you be respected? So walk the talk. The second thing is be respectful as a person. You give the respect. You give what you want. Mahatma Gandhi said the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Give respect. Jackson Brown said the heart sees what is invisible to the eye. And the Dalai Lama said be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. So if you want to be respected, be respectful. And then lastly, do it for a long time. Walk the talk, be respectful, and do it for a long time. That's how you become a respected person. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, It's one of the most beautiful compensations of this life that you cannot sincerely try to help another without helping yourself. It is a beautiful thing. I mean, think about it. How great would it be to be a person who gives respect all the time, who walks the talk of their life, who is a respectful person, and out of that respect, you receive respect. A lot of people want respect, like the football players, but then in turn will be disrespectful themselves. Can't do it. We got to raise respectful children so we can stop the epidemic. We got to eliminate interacting with the trolls so we can take it out of the culture. And we got to ultimately make sure that we are part of a culture of respect. We learned that there's four types of respect, acknowledgement, tolerance, admiration, and deference. And we learned to walk the talk, be respectful, and do it for a long time. And if we do that, the epidemic of disrespect, one family at a time, one person at a time, one business at a time, starts to change. As you become more and more successful in your life and more respected as a person, people want to know more and more of how you become so successful. One of the hallmarks of your character will be that you're respectful and a respected person you are. You'll learn to give respect continually, and you ultimately will be respected. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I've made a commitment to really double down in my own life, to give respect, to be respectful. And out of that, I'll be judged over the decades to come to whether I myself am a respected person. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I know we talked about some tough stuff, but I think it's also some lovely stuff. We talked about the lost art of respect, and I really hope for you that you can practice these four types of respect so you can become artistic and beautiful in how you respect others. And a man I greatly respect who spent up till uh, midnight last night working hard to prepare the podcasts that I did today and other recordings I had to do today, uh, Mr. David Lally. I respect him greatly, and he's got a few words for all of you today. Well, vice versa, Bray. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate the words. It's a shame we need reminders for the basics, but then again, life piles up, right? And uh, sometimes nobody is beyond needing a reminder. So I appreciate the message. Thanks for sharing it. I was looking on the podcast app. We have thousands of reviews on there. Sherry, I don't know your last name, Sherry. She left a review about a Matthew McConaughey interview you did. And he's a guy who came across as very respectful to me. Uh, he just seems like a very respectful human being. She goes, who knew he was more than a pretty face? Brian, you're great at bringing out parts of people we would never have known. I listened to this one several times. 
I was just seeing that one there to, today. It just seemed appropriate for this episode. Self-awareness is huge. Uh, it's why our, our Real Strengths tool is so powerful. So if you haven't yet checked that out, go on over to itsagoodlife.com. You can better understand your selling, communication, and serving strengths. It's a free assessment, yours to take. In the meantime, here's Therese to close out today's show. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.